When the video of the assassination of George Floyd hit the internet, no one could have predicted the millions of people that would take to the streets in worldwide protest. While most marched, others found themselves in front of blank canvases, painting murals in honor of Floyd and others who have died at the hands of the police. On this special episode of Forks and Fangs, we speak to Bremerton-based graffiti artist Jonathan Fro Perry about his mural and why he decided to show his community why Black Lives Matter. Welcome to another episode of Forks and Fangs. I'm so happy about this particular episode today because I get to interview one of my nearest and dearest friends. Yay! Yay. Um, so Yay. let's welcome to our podcast, Mr. Jonathan Fro Perry. Boop, boop. <laughs> so, um... For those who do not know, Jonathan and I, we've been friends for almost like nearly 20 years. I feel like it's getting close to that. Yeah, and uh, we met in the in the hip hop scene and uh, you are a graffiti writer. And that's how that's how we met. And um, I, I think we, we because of our hot dog stand. You know, I, there are so many different ways that this story could be told. <laughs> I think I initially met you at at uh, Will's Pub. Okay. And and for those who don't know what Will's Pub is, that's a a local bar um, in Orlando. And he was oh yeah, it was at a show, and and I asked you what you were doing, and you you told me about your art. You showed me your picture, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then the next time I saw him was in Kinko's. He used to work at Kinko's. <laughs> and I walked in, and I did not remember him. hip-hop flyers <laughs> in the early 2000s. Right. I, I did not remember him. Plot twist. But he 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 zeroed in on me when I walked in, and um, I think that was probably, like, the best thing because uh, he's such a good friend to have. And um, I'm so glad to have him on this special edition that we like to call Brown and Black. Um, so we are going to be discussing um, something beautiful that Jonathan made. Um, he's based out of Bremerton, Washington, um, by way of Florida and by way of other places as well. We'll get into that later. But uh, he was recently in the news for creating a mural uh, that paid tribute to George Floyd and those who have also been killed by police brutality. But before we get into the deep stuff, um, we're going to just start with the with the basics, right? Yes. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get into this. So, um, how did you find yourself getting into the art form known as graffiti? Um. It was, well, I mean, I remember the first time I, I, I wrote my name, like drew my name, and that was, I think, sixth grade Man. in middle school. And the it, the it itself does not stand out. The fact my teacher misspelled my name on it uh, stood out because mm -hmm. my name was the piece of art. So I've always remembered that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just kept, 
drawing and seeing it in rap videos and stuff and kind of lean toward it. But I didn't start painting. I think the first time I painted, I was like 21, 22, which for graffiti in general, that's kind of late. Most mm-hmm. start in their teenage years. Um, and then I just kept kind of putzing around with it while all my other friends were break dancing and making music and that kind of stuff. And I got to a point living in different places in the country where I had my own space to paint and I just used that as an opportunity to practice and obviously got better. And now where I live, we have a free wall, which is about a hundred feet wide. Wow. And I would say probably 30 feet tall or so, um, that you can paint whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I've used that in the last three years to practice and then also show off because it gets a decent amount of driving track practice. And that's my billboard. Me and I have a painting partner, mm-hmm. uh, and we use it on a nice day. We'll go out and do something that will take up a large portion of the wall and kind of be a scene. And we just put our social media stuff on there and just use it as our own little personal gallery. So what, like with you doing graffiti, you know, starting out young and, and more so in your, in your, in your twenties, uh, what, did your parents like what were their initial reactions to you when they <laughs> so found out that that was what you were doing i remember the conversation with both of them well wait wait before we before we get okay. into this we have to preface this by saying that your parents are were both in the military they both served in the navy yes so you're you <laughs> have parents who are you know are kind of like the, the the world's police yes yeah, i mean in a sense yeah they weren't extra rigid or anything in their parenting, mm-hmm. but my dad is more rigid than my mother. <laughs> mm-hmm. and they, they haven't been together since I was a kid, so um, when I talked to my dad about it, he said, that's fine, but if I catch you painting on someone's stuff, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> and my mom said, I think that's cool. And <laughs> said, "Be careful." Um, when so yeah, when did they find out? How old were you? Um, probably twenty three, twenty four. Mm-hmm. Like I've been doing it bits and pieces here and there. I never really went hard on like getting up in the streets kind of thing. I did it in an attempt to meet other artists doing it, and I did it to learn. But I didn't care that my name. I'm not a someone leaning on oh i want to be all city or king of whatever city i don't care what's what's uh, all city for those who don't know what was that what is what is all city for those who don't um, know what that is it's a classic graffiti term where basically you can go anywhere in a particular city and people can see your name people mm-hmm. that aren't even into the graffiti scene and that style of art but um I've met people, you know, I've seen their name around and then I'll meet them in person. And, you know, that's kind of that, you know, the person before their name is supersedes them by a lot mm-hmm. because they're just all over. But it was a, originally a term for like, I believe New York with their trains and things like that, where you could go. Basically, if you took a train, you know, in a route, you could see their name everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that was important. Your artwork, it normally like consists of like painting comic book characters princess peach 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Princess Peach one was absolutely amazing. It's um, the only um, video game that I played, so I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is so dope. So you painting that that piece of Princess Peach, the origami feature, um, that kind of put your name out there. Yeah. So the George Floyd thing is a local famousy thing mm-hmm. in the weird attention. The Princess Peach was more internet based. Mm-hmm. I ended up on the front. What did I do? I painted on Thursday, I think, when it was first announced. So I had been. The month or two before that, I had been painting origami designs. Um, I would just find, like, an origami moth. Okay, I'll paint that one. A swan, a bird, whatever it was. And I would just paint them. And I kind of dug it because it was, I don't know, it was taking a piece of paper, someone turning it into an object, and then I paint it significantly larger. You know, I'm talking, like, seven, eight feet tall. And Mm -hmm. that's obviously the original form is probably, like, sits in your hand. Uh, I thought that was kind of neat and all the shading that comes along with it. So I did that. And then I'm a big Mario fan. I've been playing video games just about my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I saw the announcement for the Paper Mario or the Origami King. And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to paint this. Mm. It had origami. It had Nintendo characters. I love this. Cool. I can do this. How being able to do a fan art thing right when something is announced it never even crosses my mind but this one was perfect so i did it on thursday posted it on what is it called reddit and the nintendo switch subreddit and i immediately got deleted saying you can't post fan art until saturday what and it's like okay cool because it was only over the, on the weekend saturday and sunday is when they accept posts that are fan art and it's fine that each subreddit has their own rules and stuff so okay cool and then come Saturday, actually, between then, I posted in the origami thread and, um, what was it, the painting one, which is funny because the painting one has a pretty big following, mm-hmm. but I post stuff done with spray paint and it almost gets no love at all. And I just find it kind of, like, it's like pretentious artists, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, that's not our kind of painting kind of thing. So, anyhow, I posted it on those and it got a little bit of attention, like a hundred of those not a big deal and then it, I was awake Saturday morning like 12.30 and I was like oh hey I can post this now and I just post it and by the time I went to bed it had I think it was like 1500 upvotes Man. and that was by far the most attention I had had on anything I had posted on the internet and then I woke up and it had like 10,000 and then it just kept getting more and more and by I guess it was like Tuesday I've all died down. I had 33,000 upvotes and 500 plus comments. Whoa. And I was going through the comments and answering people's questions and all sorts of stuff. Um, But yeah, uh, it was like my own little internet famous thing. Being on the front page of Reddit is not an easy thing. And usually people can't plan that. So it worked out. It It was beautiful. It was nice to see. And, um, you know, like I was excited for you and you got all the the hype up from Reddit and everything. But that's I'm a big curious. Deal. Yeah, that's that's, that's, a, big that's deal. a huge deal, you know, as an artist for people to like to recognize your work. Um, now, well, it's the equivalent. Excuse me. The number of upvotes is equivalent to everyone in the town I live <laughs> upvoting it. 
So it was about 35,000 people in Bremerton. Whoa. So that's as if everyone just like was like, 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 like in your entire everyone town. Liked it because that's the way it is upvote or downvote. That's all it is on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did that. I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of weird, you know, like number wise. Okay, that's kind of neat. A little bit of fame. A neighbor had mentioned when I walked outside, he's like, hey, that's that guy that's on my front page of Reddit. Oh, that's Wave. cool. Cool, man. And One day. That was like the only <laughs> in-person interaction I've had with the Reddit stuff. Mm-hmm. But but also, 33,000 of the entire planet are all the users of Reddit. Yeah, that's a small percentage. Yeah, but still, but still it's, a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal in my eyes. <laughs> well, I'm saying in reference to maybe recognizability outside of my house mm-hmm. it was unlikely yeah you know versus the george floyd stuff so let's let's go into that let's talk about george for a second um which is the main reason why we we're we we're bringing you on here um because normally your artwork does consist of those comic book characters you know i'm just curious uh mm-hmm. you know what was your motivation for you to do this mural in the first place on on George Floyd, and um, was this the first time you chose to use your art in this manner, or had you done pieces like oh, this uh, before? So, it's a couple questions. So, me painting that specific was because a week prior I had tried my hand at painting a portrait, and I did pretty well. I painted it of myself at the free wall just on a whim and when the George Floyd incident happened it felt obviously close to me because I'm a black man in the United States I've had my run-ins with the cops you've been there for one of them at least mm-hmm. well that was kind of weird just not horribly they weren't always horrible but it was definitely not the same treatment as my white friends mm-hmm. and when he was killed it, it just I think it had a lot to do with everybody staying at home and that happening and it's you could not get away from it mm-hmm. and I was driving to a commission job with my painting partner and I just started crying and I was singing Run to Jewel songs really loud which are basically protest music and I just I realized on my way to this place that me being stopped by a cop could basically just potentially be the end of it like mm-hmm. oh didn't make it why oh he was stopped by a cop whether i'm arrested hurt otherwise you know are killed mm-hmm. and i'm like so many people don't even have to worry about this and it right. just kind of broke me mm-hmm. and so i get to the job I, I finish it and then i was like i think i need to paint i knew there was a local protest and i was thinking that if there's a hundred people protesting me adding to that and being 101 people protesting probably is not going to change that much but most of those people probably can't do what i do which is paint so i decided to take the free wall and paint his portrait Mm -hmm. and i knew i could do it you know skill wise because i had already done one of myself it's like okay i can do this uh and so i did uh that was my thing i could do instead of protesting because I don't know how much a plus one on protesting was going to help, but I have seen after the fact of painting this this mural specifically that I'll be up there painting something totally different and people are like, 
you did this, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, I greatly thank you for doing this. Mm -hmm. And it continues to remind people. And, you know, and I mean, the mural is not just of his face. It also has like, do you wake up every morning wondering if you're next or if I am I next? And then there's also a non-comprehensive list of uh, people that are, are black people that have been killed by police since 2013. And so it's just a lot of information on there. And people see it seems to be helping people, mm-hmm. you know, and making a point. And no, that is the first time I really did anything with any. I don't even tend to do personal art. Um, I think the first personal, real personal piece of art I've done was uh, about two months ago. I did a, a drawing, an ink drawing of a, uh, an inhaler like an uh, inha- asthma inhaler and mm-hmm. that's a big part of my life and mm-hmm. I wrote my name on it and all this stuff and that was the first like personal art really I do the car- the characters and things like that because they're easily recognizable and it's not you can look at it oh that's Mario that's Peach or that's whatever character versus what does it say you know yeah and that gets annoying at times like I don't see it says fro well where does it say fro like <sighs> okay you know, here's the explanation. The life of a graffiti writer. <laughs> Having to explain your special signature. Now, I, I I have a quick question with in regards to the mural. Um, how how long is it going to be up? Do you have a time frame? Or are you all just like letting it stay it up until a, someone comes around and paint on it? So it is... The way the wall works is things last until someone paints over um i've had things painted over in hours um but but in this situation only one two people have touched it besides me and it's been up a couple weeks now one person put a little tiny i mean it's probably the size of your hand uh orange heart next to the picture of george floyd and his Mm. name and someone wrote on it in chalk and I just wiped it off because it was just chalk and I just dusted it off. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. How long it lasts? I have no idea. I have a plan on what to do after if once it does get painted over. Oh. Um, do we get that exclusive? Of... <laughs> Excuse me? Do we get the exclusive on that? What you're no, going to do next? I, 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 I th- only one person knows what I'm going to do. It's a so secret. We have to part. watch out for it. How long did it take you to paint the whole thing? So it was about four hours um wow my roommate helped me by painting all the names on the right side mm-hmm. and then so while i was painting the portrait he was writing out all the names and then when he was when i was done i was able to do the big floyd and then write the captions on the side wow. but, so, but, but about four hours man that's that's a lot of work that's, yeah <laughs> is your how does your how do you physically feel when you're done doing a piece like that no okay so this one particularly particularly i shut down like i went home i took a shower and then i just went to bed uh, i was exhausted mm-hmm. uh, but that's be- i believe because it was an emotional thing like i it's one thing to like post a picture or you know change your profile picture whatever it'll only take a moment but to sit there and look at the wall i've been looking at a picture of his face since he had been killed to see how I could paint it. Okay, then I look at the wall, then I put it together. So there's like hours worth of planning in itself. So I'm looking at this person that just was killed by the police. 
then I sit there, spend the four hours of basically staring at his face is bigger yeah. than me, you know, four hours. And then all the names, it just took a lot out of me. I was exhausted. Um, normally, <laughs> I usually spend, when I paint there, about three to five hours at a time. And I come home, take a shower. It's not a big deal. I mean, my knees might be sore from like going up and down ladders and things like that. But it's usually not a big deal. But that one, I was, okay, I'm done. And I didn't do anything the next day either. I just slept mm-hmm. <laughs> really in your 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 recent interview because of this wall you were you were interviewed about it uh, with the Kitsap Sun it's newspaper yep. uh, you talked about being held by police uh, with a taser gun pointed at you because you fit the description of a criminal who had done some burglaries in the area that you lived in yeah that was Orlando so will you go into more detail about that experience and anything else that might yeah. like stick out in your mind? Yeah, sure. Um, actually, I think I was coming to see you, by the way. On that day? With the mm-hmm. with the yeah. police and the taser? Uh-huh. Because um, oh, I remember God. parking. I went downtown Orlando, like on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday, when everybody was down there anyways. Uh, parking my car a couple blocks away, walking up to Midnight Pizza, getting a slice of pizza, and then walking... I'd assume it was north. And we got up to kind of like the end of the strip. And we were just going to turn around the corner and come back down and go to like the hot dog stand that we used to hang out at. Mm-hmm. And several cops jumped around the corner and pulled the taser on us and yelled at us to get against the wall. What um, the fuck? And scared the shit out of me. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting that. That's not like something you really could be prepared for. So I get against the wall. My friend that's with me, his name was Bubba. And funny thing is he was like, he's like 5'5". Five five. He's a little dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has his own issues with the cops. He believes in a lot of conspiracy theories and things like that and is has no issues with talking back to police. Is he and, black or white? Uh, he's Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the cops are yelling at him to sit down. Or first they tell us to get against the wall. We get against the wall. I hold my pizza up in the air because I'm, I'm in my 20s. I'm broke. I don't want to waste my pizza. Um, then they tell us to sit down. I sit down, just like sit directly on, on the ground. And then they yell at him because he's kind of kneeling down, not sitting. And they yell at him. And I tell him, I yell at Baba. I was like, yo, just sit down. And he's like, why are you stopping us? What's going on? And he's just yelling at him. And I'm like, they have to tell us. We just sit down for now and they they yell at him telling him that if he doesn't sit down they'll put him down they yell at me to stop yelling at him and he eventually sits down and the cops ask he was like you know how do you like breaking in the cars and I was like well I don't and I'm like I haven't ever and I was like I don't know what you're talking about he's like oh of course you don't Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I really don't. He was like, I'm like, I have a piece of pizza in my hand. This is obviously where I just was, you know. And he's like, you know, I, he just kept leaning on this whole thing about me breaking in the cars. Mm-hmm. And eventually a cop car pulls up on the street. Someone's in the back seat. They look at us and they drive off. And then they, in that interaction, they tell the cops that we are not the people that did it. And I did not know my rights at the time. Because they asked, 
if they could search us and I, I agreed to it and I not knowing I didn't have to um, <clears throat> they tried to be chummy after that they tried to ask and you know do you go to midnight pizza do you go to Gino's well I like Gino's and just tried to be really friendly like as they didn't just pull a weapon on me Wow um, and yeah it was but <laughs> well, the only thing they found on me was a giant marker because I did tag some stuff when I was downtown <laughs> and the bit of irony in that is they look at my shirt and it's directions it's an old Mark Echo shirt that gives directions on how to do graffiti um, and so they're like oh what's this and I was like oh I just found it on the street and they're like sure you did and they're like well here's your marker back have a good day and as we we're leaving I was going to go back to the, the the hot dog stand and Bubba was just not having it he was in a very bad mood because of this and we decided to go home and on the way down towards the car I saw someone that did look similar to me like height wise but he was wearing reverse colors because I was wearing gray sweats and a red shirt and he was wearing red shorts and a gray shirt mm -hmm. going the opposite direction but that was it just they tried to make it out like they didn't just pull a weapon on me and alright cool you guys have a good day yeah that was intense yeah like how, yeah, like how, I mean, it lasted like 15 minutes, 20 minutes because they had to wait. They get us sitting down. They ask a bunch of questions. The person in the, the cop car comes up. It's all this stuff. Nothing's fast except them pulling the gun or the tasers on us. Was that the most intense ex experience that you've had with the police? <sighs> yeah. Um. I guess, I mean, it's up there. There's a couple of them where it's just weapons are drawn and it makes, obviously it makes you nervous, you know, and you don't want to fuck up. Excuse my language. Um, you know, you, you don't want to mess up because you don't want to die, you know. I've had yeah. a gun pulled on me by a police before. It sucks. Um, yeah, there's a couple other ones that are from when I was a teenager. But... How's that changed the way you, like, how you move through the world? Um, it didn't because it was the same thing anyway. It's like, I, I believe being black in the United States, you have to be mindful. Um, I think it's really made me have a reason to be doing anything I'm doing because if questioned, I need to have an answer. Hmm. And I think being black doesn't allow you to say the words, I don't know. Um, you know, why are you here? I don't know. Or I just am, or whatever the reason is, you know, whatever it is, I don't think you're allowed to say that. Um, and that that's the only thing. It just, it just continued the same thing because both situations where I've had, or is it just a two? Well, every time I've had a weapon pulled on me, it's like, this is really is just a misunderstanding. And it sucks because it doesn't take much and I can end up with someone dying or being hurt. So that means you can't really relax when you're anywhere. Oh, no. Of yeah. course not. <laughs> you are a child of a white mother and a black father. Yep. Uh, you were mainly raised by your mother, right? And her family, yes. So what what was that like to like have to navigate between those two worlds of different cultures? Well, a lot of it doesn't... It was basically at home. It's one thing. Outside is a different you know, I mean, 
just not even looking like my mom. I, my mom was approached about, Hey, who's your boyfriend? You know? And it's me as a teenager. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's weird. Cause my mom's brown, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. And between that and when I was a little kid, other children asking me if I was adopted. Um, and I didn't understand that. You know what I mean? Um, but then you have when I was older and had friends outside of home and hanging out, that's where I got more of the learning how to deal as a black man in the United States, you know, what to say, what not to say, how to be mindful. When I did spend time with my dad, I learned some of that stuff from him as well. So he had like you, you all had like the talk cause they talk about so much in the news, like having that discussion of how you should be when you're in the car. Um, I know I got it. I mean, some of it I got from TV, movies, music, and you know. But as a talk per se, I I feel like I did, but I don't remember it. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. it seems familiar. My mom could tell me about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Were there ever any conversations on like? You know, when you had those conversations with kids that were asking you if you were adopted and then, you know, you're talking to your mom. Did she ever tell you, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, she told me why they're asking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like your dad's not around. It doesn't make to them. It doesn't make sense why you're darker than I am. You know, you know, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> I knew my dad. And I'd seen pictures of him and that kind of stuff. So I, and once it was explained to me, oh, okay, you know, it made sense. But it wasn't, I mean, I was so little when that was happening that it wasn't hap- It wasn't like, oh, my God, it, like this negative thing someone said. It just was a thing that people, like I said, they were kids. I'm talking like early elementary school mm-hmm. if at all, mm-hmm. you know, when it was happening. Um. We're going to take a break here and uh, and then we'll we'll be back. We're going to take a break for a little short commercial and come right back. Okay. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, welcome back. We're back. <laughs> We're back. If you're just joining us, which is not possible because this is a podcast, but <laughs> we like to pretend as if we're on television. <laughs> or the uh, radio. Or the radio. <laughs> Um, we're sitting here with um, with a good friend of mine, uh, Jonathan Perry, who goes by Fro, who's a graffiti artist based out in Bremerton, Washington. So um, uh, while we were on break, you asked a question that I wanted you to save for when we came back. So why don't you ask that again? I asked, do you remember when I was pulled over with you in the car? I do. So let's talk about that day. You were you were bringing me home from I don't know where. You were we, at a club downtown Orlando. We were, asked for a ride. Who was in the Who was in the car with us? Was it why not? Nobody. Nobody. It was just it us was two. Just the, three, just the two. I remember pulling up. God, I can tell. I know what like where it was in town, but I don't remember what club it was. <clears throat> but I pulled up in front, turned my lights off because I was basically on the side of the road didn't want to just blind people walking around and then you got in the car and we got around the corner and then we, I got pulled over 
man. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't even know if I've been far enough to be do anything. Like, I couldn't have spent. <laughs> it was so for your it was for your tail light, right? No, it was because I didn't have my lights on because I turned them off. Oh yes. And I just took off and I didn't have them on. Okay, so this 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 helps me out with that detail because I remember I remember us getting pulled over, and I guess for me, I didn't I didn't start driving until I was twenty one, so having the experience of being pulled over by a police officer did not come until much later in life, for me. So I had not I had not been pulled over except for a ticket, one ticket when I was in um in college and rightfully so cuz I was speeding, but I was kind of pissed on how it happened. But um when we were in the car together, I was I was heated because, you know, like I didn't understand why couldn't he just like just tell you that your lights were off and just send you on your way. And yeah. I remember getting on my phone and calling my brother-in-law, who's a lawyer, and just there like, you, you know, just trying to figure out because I didn't know shit. I was young and dumb and I, I did not understand like what was what was actually happening, you know, like yeah. the, the 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 sub language that was being spoken. And so, you know, I remember you just being like, you know, be quiet. <laughs> Let me just handle this. And you didn't have your I think you didn't have your insurance on you, right? No, so what it was, so I got pulled over for the not having my lights on. And he asked for license and proof of insurance. And I give him the license and I say, I have it in the car. I just got it in the mail, the little piece of paper in the mail yesterday. It's in my car. And I was like, I actually have them attached. Like there's four all connected. And I was like, can you give me just a moment to look for it? He says, yes, not a problem. He goes back to his car. I have it. And I'm like, hey, here's my insurance. He's like, don't worry about it. I already wrote you the ticket. Have a good day. Hmm. And I was like, but I gave you, like, what? But why? You know what I mean? I'm so right. confused. Because you really didn't give me a moment when you said you would. That's cool. Uh, and then I remember when I was like, okay, just took the ticket at that point. And he said that I have to go to, like, clerk of the court showing proof of insurance and it'll be like a very minor ticket but um i remember you asking me like why didn't i say something more you know mm -hmm. and i was like well i have a bunch of spray paint in my trunk and i really don't want to have to answer for that mm -hmm. um and it was before like how it is now where i don't care about having spray paint in my car i have proof that i legitimately make money off of making art this way right but at the time i was just kind of doing little throw-ups and tags and things around town here and there and i just done that before i came to excuse me pick you up and so i really didn't want to get my car searched because i don't know where that would have ended and so i just took the ticket but i mean i shouldn't have got in the, in the first place really you mm -hmm. know but mm -hmm. it didn't put me in a position of any anything to really stand on to like hey you know because i thought it doesn't i know the drill can go from a basic ticket into now we're outside of the car sitting on the curb while they're searching the car you know i mean and not ha and having spray paint isn't illegal you know it's right. just i didn't want to have to answer for it mm -hmm. 
I that moment that is one that I, that always like sticks in my mind. Of it was a learning moment, and it, you know, especially with everything that has happened since you know us being so young and watching these things happen um, to children who were you know teenagers and younger. Um, I'm always reminded of how that could have changed. You yeah. know, you know. That's why the like the George Floyd situation. I mean, all of them. You know, I mean, and I know Trayvon Martin wasn't killed by a cop, but a lot of stuff hasn't really panned out after it. But that happened a block away from my cousins where they live. It, you know, okay, that's easy for me to be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, or the cop pulling me over for not having my lights on, which was an honest mistake, can doesn't take many steps to actually get to being arrested and having to deal with that or being hurt or being killed. You know, it's only a few steps away from all this potential life changing, you know, negative way scenarios. And that's why the George Floyd situation, it just, it really cemented how close, how fragile to basically, you know, the livelihood of a black man in the United States is because mm-hmm. if someone can get killed for selling loose cigarettes, you know, or potentially fraud to some degree, you know, having a, a light out isn't that far behind, you know. So um, we are a literary based mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> I don't read books, though. <laughs> you listen to them, though. I'm just joking. I read books. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just want him to have here because his art was dope. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we are a literary uh, podcast, so we got to ask questions about about that, right? So, books. Um, Any books that you felt like was able for you were able you were able to connect when you were growing up? Like, uh, anything that, that was like uh, one of our mutual friends uh, suggested, uh, TJ DJ Why Not uh, was uh, Bomb the Suburbs, and that was kind of like. I know there's a sequel to it that I haven't read, but it's kind of talks about like graffiti, hip hop and the community and using, you know, the point is, I mean, clearly it's relevant now is using graffiti in a way to put the message of what's going on outside of white community mm-hmm. in front of white community. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it really is bomb the suburbs, bomb as in do graffiti in, uh, and that always since reading it, it's kind of stood out a bit, and that's kind of why I did the mural. It's some people can avoid this by not going online and dealing with you know doing all these things, but if you put a, I mean, the mural itself is probably twenty five feet, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, why? Good luck ignoring it. You know. Yeah. In that, you have to kind of put it like this is that important, you know. Were there any books, just you know, in general, not even in regards to like art, but were there any books that you read as a kid growing up that you felt like you could connect to because you saw someone that that looked like you, you know, because about the representation of you being a biracial child, you know, like did you ever see anything that you're like, oh, you know. Oh, here no. I am. And not with books. I mean, 
it's been my life in general I've kind of felt on the outside looking in for most things except when you know obviously situations where it gets a little weird and oh oh yeah I am a part of this um but it is because being biracial is a smaller population than either you know black or white or you know other ethnicities like being from different areas of the world even my when I've met other people that are mixed the same way I am our, our lives are so different you know I don't really look for media for representation normally it rarely happens that it does and it, when it does it's really stood out to me because I haven't had it much um, yeah so it doesn't I don't look to it for that you know because a lot of it doesn't apply the, the one time in the last I say 10 years that something really stood out to me. It was like, oh, that's like me. And it wasn't a book, but it was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's mixed raced. He's an urban kid. He's into graffiti. You know what I'm like? Oh, and he's like, where's the Jays without the, you know, being tied? He's like, it's a fashion thing, you know, it's on purpose. I was like, oh, I do so many of these things. You know, mm-hmm. and I went and saw it four times. So, <laughs> does it make you feel good when you see see that where you're like, oh, was, this well, character's like of, me? Yes, because of how well done it was. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't like, oh, that, and then he sells drugs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even his graffiti was like stickers, and then going out with his uncle. Like that's kind of the end of it. But he was still trying to find a way to express himself in that way. Um, and then, I mean, because of me being me and where I've been raised, there are times when I have to explain that I can wear dress clothes and I have my custom painted J's on. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like this means something to me, you know, or ex- having to explain it where he kind of has to do that when he goes to the, the private school or the uh, magnet school. Mm hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no, I and I never understood it really. Like, why does everybody want to have to see themselves in a movie or books or you know music? It because most of it, again, I've always been on the outside just viewing it, and then it's like, oh, this is why people want this, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it makes you does make you feel good when it's done right, you know? Yeah. So, um, what's next for you and your art besides the besides the little tidbit that we received earlier? If somebody takes down your wall, <laughs> um, I've had a few organizations hit me up. One is a middle school that wants some um, inspiring people painted uh, in their hallways. Mm-hmm. Wow! Um, so actually, I've asked Veronica to help me out with some of this, like idea-wise, uh, and I have a meeting this afternoon about it. Um, there's a a local company called heavy jeans and it's J E E N S. And they do short run posters that are collectible. And there's almost like a scavenger hunt. And they've asked me to do uh, a poster for that. Wow. Um, so when you say a scavenger hunt, like meaning they put the posters up and people have to find the posters. I believe so. I'm all about the scavenger hunt thing. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, Denny did a whole scavenger hunt for her husband's for Basil. You remember Basil? She mm-hmm. she did a scavenger hunt for his for his birthday a few weeks he knows ago. Basil? 
Yeah, like Basil was in the band with me, and w- this is a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> you just blew my mind that you know my husband. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> the circle is huge. The yes, circle is complete. Huge. <laughs> um, so I have the heavy jeans thing. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do for that. Um, there is a company that tried to get me and my penny partner to do a, to paint the side of their building. Uh, it had to be like November <clears throat> and it was just really rainy here in Washington state. And, uh, they want us to paint just in giant letters, black lives matter on the side of their building. And so what? I think next week or the week after we'll be doing that one. Oh, wow. Um, you got to send us photos of that. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, uh, um, would you want to let our people know how can they follow you and what you're doing in Washington yeah. state? Uh, if you're keen on Facebook, I'm at Designs by Fro. On Instagram, my individual one is at Fro underscore YLA, and YLA stands for your local antagonist. And that's me and my painting partner, Nate uh, Nocto. Uh, and then our combined page, uh, which is ba- mainly our commission works, is your local antagonist, uh, and that's on Instagram. Oh, that's what's up. Oh, I know. I have one final question. Um, you know, you're doing such beautiful work uh, for the movement, and I'm, I'm just that makes my heart so happy. And I was just wondering, you know, are you still going out and doing your graffiti out into the world, or are you mainly just putting your stuff up on that free wall? Um, I would say it's like ninety-five-five. <laughs> um. I have done some stuff around, but I don't publicize that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it tends to be places that are not, because I'm not in it for the like street fame mm-hmm. uh, and necessarily the destruction of other people's property. Just, I mean, I don't really think painting on it is really destructive, but I understand how other people can feel that way. Uh, I have done some things around, I mean, really around the country when a provides itself and it's usually like underpasses things like that that are kind of out in the woods and things like that but uh because there's it's a different art style uh when i have three and a half hours five hours to do something on a free wall with nice weather it's different than doing something where there's a i need to be a little faster you know mm-hmm. okay. but it happens sometimes well you're keeping it legal that's that's good i'm sure your parents are proud well, my <laughs> job is part increasing and maintaining an increasing property value so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh it's kind of when i started doing that about 10 years ago the non-sanctioned art uh went down quite a bit okay well on behalf of vulgar geniuses and um the rest of the world that is out in the streets we want to say thank you for doing what you're doing um, to let people know, you know, change must come, change must happen. And and we are glad to know that you are part of that movement and making sure that that change happens for our future. Yeah, like he said, it's 25 feet. You can't miss it. You can't miss it. Mm-mm. You've got to see it. <laughs> you got to look at it. You got to read it. Yeah. And you got to know what it's now about. I want to measure to see how, how big it really is. <laughs> you should go out there and measure it so you can get yeah. the exact measurements. But um, 
I guess this is where we, we let you go so you can go handle your business and save the world and <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> One graffiti at a time. One graffiti at a time. All right, brother, yeah. you take it easy. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Instagram at Vulgar Geniuses Book Club. Our theme song was produced by Sean Kantrowitz. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Dammit. That's spelled S-E-A-N-D-A-M-M-I-T. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. See you next time. Deuces.